Good evening. We're continuing the Talmud series. I believe it's number 45 today. And uh, we, are, we started, the last five minutes of last week's lecture, we started Masechet Baba Batra. We finished Baba Metzia. And uh, I want to refresh your memory uh, that the last thing we spoke about was Amar Abiyasi, Shkulat Zdaka Keneget Kol HaMitzvot, the mitzvah of charity. It's equal to all the mitzvot. And someone who makes others do a mitzvah, his reward is greater than the actual person who, who keeps the mitzvah. You understand? So someone who actually convince you to make a mitzvah, whatever mitzvah you do, Hashem pays you, he gets more than you actually. Which means if you convince 10 people to do, the 10 people, every one of them who did, you get reward for them. They get reward for themselves. But you get reward for each one of them higher than what they themselves get. Couldn't be a better investment. All you have to do is to convince other Jews and make things. It, by the way, applies also to Gentiles. If you convince them to leave their nonsense and start keeping the seven laws and to believe in one God, etc., etc., it also counts for you good. Because every time they will do a mitzvah, which is apply as a mitzvah for them, it will also count for you even greater than them. So this is where we ended up. And uh, the last thing, actually, what we said is that Rabbi Elazar said that in the time that Bet HaMikdash was there, when Bet HaMikdash exists, a person gave his sacrifice, and it was erasing the scene. Now when we don't have a temple, that if we make charity, if we give donation, that erase some of our sins. The more we give, the more sins we erase from our file. If not, anyway, they go in, come, and take it one way or the other. Now you have to be clever and to decide. What do you want to do? You want to take enough money and give it out to others and make Hashem happy and clean your file from all the terrible stains that you made there? Or you want to sit and hold to your money and be stingy and afraid to give out people. And in the end, the IRS will call you and take away anything one way or the other. You have to decide. Or the FBI, or uh, your landlord, or a robbery, or an accident, or a lawyer will trick you, or a judge in a court will make a mistake and rule against you. There's many ways to get the money out of you. But it will, get, it will come out of your pocket, one way or the other. You just have to decide. Do you want it to come out of your pocket with your free choice that you get a huge reward for it? Or you want to just lose it and gain zero for it? That's up to us. This is where we ended up. We're continuing now with Baba, in Baba Batra. Remember, I said there are three Babot. Baba means a gate. First one was Baba Kama. Kama in Aramic means first. And then Baba Metzia, Metzia means middle. And then Baba Batra, which is the last one. Batra means in Aramic, the last one. And we will finish this Masechet. We finish with the three Bavot, which in reality, there should have been one big Masechet. Since it's very long, they broke it to three different parts, A, B, C. Amar Rabbi Elazar, Gadol HaOset Zedakah Baseter Yoter Mimoshe Rabbeinu. Someone who gives this charity quietly, without getting too much attention, without publishing his name, which means if you give money to your friend, you give him, I don't know, 
face to face at count X amount of reward. You gave him the money with someone, and that someone doesn't tell you it's from you. He doesn't know it's from you. Then your reward is a lot greater, much, much, nothing to compare. It's like two different worlds. Or if you threw it to his house, or you put it in his pocket, or any kind of things like this. Or you can go into his bank account, if you have the bank account, and make him a deposit. He doesn't know who made the deposit. You see a deposit, $200, a peer, someone made it by the teller, whatever. He has no idea who did it. So that's called matan baseter. You give it without claiming for honor or any kind of reward here. Nobody gives you respect for it. No one is grateful to you. As a matter of fact, Hashem may even test you by sending the person that you help without him knowing to do something against you. He doesn't know you're the one. Hashem may test you in this scenario and see if you will seal your lips or you're gonna tell him, aren't you ashamed of yourself? I've been feeding you for the last year and now you come against me? It's a very big test. You did it, you still have a reward of a charity, but much, much less now when people know that it was you. Or all these foolish people who build synagogues and make sure that they write their names on it. Donation of Moshe and Rivka Mendelbaum, whatever. I'm making up names. So by writing your name on a building, 90% of your reward is right there gone. When you... It's not stating what the name, why the name is being put there. No, well, well, people who want their name to be put on a building, there's only one reason for it. Honor. There's no other reason. Why, what reason do I have that I insist I will give you donation only in one condition, that you write my name on your CDs? Why do you need my name on the CDs? Why, that people will give you, will clap for you? Oh, thank you for sponsoring. Or the party, they always make this announcement. I would like to say thank you to this person who gave us 50 cents for the party and is helping us so much, you know, thank you very much. Yeah, what for? Next time, give it, don't ask for anything. But don't, don't get the wrong impression. I know many people who likes to do things and they say, please don't mention my name. And once or twice, I even mentioned their name without permission, and they kind of got upset on it. Why? Well, you didn't have to say my name. No, why do I said, don't worry, you didn't ask for it. You don't lose your reward. It was on my, my decision. You didn't tell me. So you still get your full reward, because you wanted to do it quietly. I wanted to encourage other people to give. That's why I use your name in that particular scenario. But the, the point is very obvious. You want respect? You lose your spiritual eternal reward, some of it, at least some of it you lose. So someone who does it hiddenly is greater than Moses, greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. How can a person be greater than Moshe? Why? Because what the Torah says about Moshe, Moshe says, I'm afraid of Af and Chema. There are two very bad angels, very destructive angels. One of, one of them, his name is Af. One of them, his name is Chema, very bad. And Moshe say, I'm afraid very much of these, these two bad angels. I don't want to mess with them. I don't want to start with them. I'm, I'm afraid of them. And the Torah says, Matan baseder af. When a person gives a donation quietly without attracting attention, he is surrendering af. One of these two angels, his name is Af, remember? 
he's eliminating his power. Moshe couldn't eliminate his power. He said, I'm afraid of him. You give donations without no one knows it's you, then you have the power to pull him down and lower his power because he's only do bad things. So this is the power of the charity when a person does it. Then the Gemara says, Kol Dayana Notel Shochad. Every judge who receives bribe bring tragedies to the world. He is one of the reasons. This could be many different reasons. It's not the only reason, but that's one of the reasons that tragedies come to the world. Hurricanes, tsunamis, earthquakes, wars, uh, epidemics, etc. Shenemar veshochad bechek chema aza. Shochad brings chema. Chema means anger, strong anger to the world. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. If you give a little bit, I don't know, a dollar, 50 cents even, to a poor person, what's the big deal? What, what can he buy? One little bagel, pizza bread, something to eat to now? You automatically receive six blessings from God, automatically, even by giving him a dollar. What is the six blessings? The Torah says in six different places, six different blessings. Now, if you only give him and you run to your business, you get six blessings. If you also comfort him, cheer him up, tap him on his shoulder, don't worry, life is a, life is a, is a wheel. Sometimes you're down, sometimes you're up. Good things will come to you, don't worry. It's a test, be strong, come, eat with me, something. Then you make him feel very good then you automatically receive 11 blessings. 11 blessings. Just for the argument's sake, there are, poor, there are people who go almost every week and stand hours online to get a bracha from a rabbi. Now, assuming that this rabbi is really helpful, that he's a real tzaddik, assuming, let's say that he is, if he is, you stand two, three, four hours online, and in the end you came in, 60 seconds, and the guy push you out, sorry sir, there's a, lo a long line, quick, we have to get to the next person. So you go there, you give him $100, $300, $5,000, depend where, who you are and where is this rabbi. And you go. And you got one blessing from a, from a human being. Very nice, it helps, Hashem takes it to consideration. The tzaddi gave you a bracha, very nice. Here, you give a poor person $1 on the street, it's already better. No four hours online, no traffic, no driving there, no anger to wait. Why they let this guy before me? Usually the rich people, when they come, they go before you. It's not like by the doctor's office. First come, first serve, or in a restaurant. Over there, if somebody important come, you get pushed off. Another one, and another one, and another one. One thing that this new rabbi that took the place of his father that got murdered, first announcement he made, I want to make things better than the time it used to be by my father. What's the first, uh, uh, the first thing? Now, from now on, I don't want to know who is waiting for me outside. Whoever comes, he goes next. Somebody rich comes after, he wait online. I don't want, don't, he tells these helpers, don't come and tell me this important banker is waiting. I don't want to know. It's Yetzirah for me. It's going to twist my judgment. 
a person that can give me a million dollars is waiting online, I may say to the poor person, wait an hour, I have somebody important, even though you're already two hours here. So what's the best way? Since I know my weaknesses, I know it's gonna be very hard decision for me to accept the poor person who will give me 50 cents and make the person leave in the end, and then I lost a lot of money, I'd I rather not know. Like this, I don't know. Nobody suspect me. First one who comes, you go in, you understand? The question is, that's what he said. The question is, what's the people outside will do? The people who are in charge of the line, based on my experience, they'll continue because the nature of the people in this world is greed and fame and honor and who knows what. So then once in a while you find a person that really is not impressed by wealth at all. Doesn't matter, poor, rich, for me you are 100% equal. You're not impressing me by your wealth or by your position or you're the prime minister of the world. I can care less. Usually you don't find it. So this is the way it is. So now it says like this. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, the Mishlei, King Solomon, this is what it says. Rodef Tzedakah someone who runs after charity and kindness. Imtza Chaim Tzedakah Someone who runs after giving charity, not that they have to beg him and search for him all day on the phone and wait for him by his office six hours, maybe he's gonna come out that you can sp speak to him two minutes and then he push you off, I'm sorry, I'm in a rush because he doesn't let you come into his office. Not someone like this. Someone like this is not considered rodef tzedakah. Rodef means to run after. Someone who he's searching. How can I help? He calls the poor person. Are you doing okay for the Shabbos? Should I send you more? Can you go to the grocery and buy whatever your family needs? Put it on my account. Not that he, he call you. When the poor person call you already, you lost 90% of your reward. You have to run after him. Hey, Moshe, is everything okay for the Shabbos? Now, if you know this Moshe is a shy guy, you don't even ask. You told the grocery and say to him, when this guy Moshe comes to buy whatever he buys, you put it on my account automatically. Don't get money from him. Tell him he was paid. That's called someone who runs after money. Or you have some money, call, Rabbi, I want to make CDs. Now that the rabbi has to search for him for two weeks until he agrees to calls back. And then when they finally meet, he doesn't show up because he's afraid to give 50 bucks. That's not a person. Even he gave in the end, it's nothing. Sometimes a person gives tzedakah and will get punished for it. Why? The way he gave it. To humiliate the rabbi until you gave him the money, in the end, sometimes your punishment is so, big, so much bigger than the reward you're going to get for your tzedakah that it would be better off not to start. Why? Say, come back next week. I don't have time for you. That's not a tzedakah. That's torturing the people who does the, the work of Hashem. Don't expect reward for it. You want to do it? Do it in the right way. This is what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, you run after tzedakah, Hashem will bless you, first of all, with life. Every time the Torah speaks about life, it means eternal life, not temporary life. The dogs also have life without giving tzedakah. We are talking now eternal life. Listen to my lecture, Preparation for Eternal Life. I prove it, that every time the Torah speaks about life, it's talking about real life for eternity. And then, Imtzat Chaim Tzedakah Vechavod. He will find life 
charity. What does it mean? He give charity so he will find charity? What does it mean? I will give him charity, even when he doesn't deserve. You give other charity, why you give them? Because they're poor. Not, not necessarily they deserve it. You feel bad for them. You honor me. You respect me. You read in my Torah that I'm, I'm interested that you help the poor. That's why you gave them. Without me in a picture, you wouldn't care about them. You only gave them because I said. Same thing I'm giving you. You don't deserve, but I'm giving you. You gave to them, I'll give to you. They don't deserve, you don't deserve. You give them a little bit, I'll give you a little bit. You give them a lot, I'll give you a lot. It's the best investment. Better than buying lottery card. Lottery card is one to a billion. Here it's guarantee. Just a matter of time, one week, one, one month, two months, five, five months, a year, doesn't matter. In the end, whatever you gave, I'm giving you back. So don't think you ever lost anything. Then you will also find, the third thing you will find is honor. He will bring him to become a respectful person. Respectable. People give him respect. What's the connection? Well, that's obvious to understand. If you give a lot of tzedakah, then your reputation becomes better and better in a community. Tomorrow, when the FBI find out something about you, they know this guy gives a lot of charity. Let's not go to full force against him. We're giving him some respect. Let's not run to the media and say what he did wrong. Why? He's a person who helps so many poor people. We'll punish him, but not like we punish an ordinary person who gave nothing. Or even a judge. When you go to the judge, if he has to judge you to four years in prison for doing some fraud, and when the witnesses or your lawyer brings charitable things that you did for the community, they show you feed the orphans, they show you give money to poor family, they show you donate, I don't know, to the army, all these things, every judge will see this. Say, okay, you made, a, you made a sin, you really deserve a big punishment, and I'm giving you only one year. Because I take to consideration how many people admire you for what you did for the public, I cannot ignore it. That's how it works in every court all over the world, with Torah, without Torah, Jews, non-Jews, doesn't matter. That's the human nature. So automatically you get respect, you get honor. Many people respect Bill Gates not because he's rich. There are other rich people. Respecting because he gave $17 billion for charity. So many people admire him, not because he's a billionaire. How many? You have a lot of billionaires in the world. Nobody cares about them. They admire him. They appreciate him. And, and I even know people who buy Microsoft just because they know he gives charity, believe it or not. You understand? So it, you can see that it has an impact on many people the way they think. Also in Israel, there was one guy. He gave a lot of charity. Then when he had a problem, he got into problems with the court, with the French government. So many people started to write all kinds of comments for him. Why? It's not that he wasn't guilty. He was guilty. But nobody cared. Everyone wanted him to, find, to, to, to be found not guilty. They let him go. Why? They remember the, the great things that he did for them in a time of the war when the Hezbollah was shooting missiles. He took half a million Jews on his expense to go camping in the south where the missiles are not falling. He gave them free food, free places to live, just that they'll feel safe. You understand? So this is just to, to give you an idea how you get honored by helping others. But remember, 
it's much better to give the tzedakah anonymously. Nobody knows who you are. Because then, then the honor that you will get will be much greater because Hashem will bring it to you. Honor that people give you, it's temporarily. One year, two years, and then people forget about you. They're not going to remember you forever. But when Hashem wants to give you honor, He wants you to be an important person, He can stay forever, all your life, in this world and in the next world. Then the Gemara says, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Amar Av Nachman, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mamtzi Lo Bnei Adam Meuganim. Someone who runs after charity, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, is giving him the opportunity to give the tzedakah, the charity, to the right places. Because most of the people who give charity don't ever give it to the right investment. Almost most of the charities in the world is a waste of money. Almost everything. And those who are a mitzvah, they are sometimes a lower level. Low level, you know mitzvah, you get a reward, fine. Sometimes it's a one-time reward. One-time donation, one-time reward. Very few people knows how to invest their money. Very few. But it's not only up to how clever you are. Yes, of course, you can control it with your wisdom. You check, you investigate who you give, what are they doing with that, what's the, the outcome, what comes out of your money. There's ways to investigate. But you still need a lot of siyata dishmaya. Because if you fall on a crook, and this crook is very sharp and very clever, he's going to fool you no matter what, because he's a crook. And he's a clever crook. And then it's very difficult to find out. So what's happening? You need the help of God to get saved from this crook. Who gets protection from the crooks? Someone who loves to give and look to give, not waiting for people to run after him. No. You know, today we have something very interesting, very sad, very sad, but very interesting. Most of the wealthy people don't have any friends, not even one friend, nothing. Not because they don't want, everyone wants to have good friends. They don't trust anyone. Automatically, psychologically, everyone who tries to open a conversation, they do everything they can to break from him, to quickly, not to not to develop personal relationship, because they're already thinking it's, an, it's a matter of 10 minutes until he's going to ask me, when can I come to your office to ask you for charity? I'm telling you. Try every, every wealthy person. You come with the yamaka to talk to him, see how he avoid the conversation from you. Why? He's afraid maybe you ask him for $50 help for maybe $200 help. He's afraid, so he's preventing it already. Or if you say to him, I want to come visit you, he will make 500 excuses for you not to come. Why is it? Because he doesn't want people to become too friendly with him, because he's thinking, yeah, it's going to cost me. That's going to cost me. Unless if you're the President of the United States, then people run after you to give you money for your campaign, for your election campaign. Why are they so generous, people fighting who's going to give you more? Because it's not a charity. It's an investment for a long run. Soon as you become the president, they're going to make $100 million from the benefits you're going to give them under the table. What do you think? They're generous. They give the president half a million dollars. And after he becomes the president, they come to, to get the reward. Mr. Obama, remember me? Yeah. OK, now listen. I need you to change this law. 
talk to your friends in a, in a Congress, make sure it's open. Don't worry, a word is a word. I promise we're going to do it, especially if you own a medicine company. They control the world. You understand what's going on here? And that's it. That's not charity. That's a bribe. There's a difference. Charity and bribe is two different things. All right, let's move on. So the Gemara continues. The Gemara says, so if you run after, Hashem find you decent people to give to. Finally decide to give someone who learned Torah. There's one who learned seriously, one who play and talk jokes and drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. And Leah learn one day and two days is in bed. Which one of the two Hashem will find you? Depend who you are. Depend who you are. You understand? If you are good, Hashem will find you a good investment. If you're not, no. Then the Gemara continue. The prophet Irmiyah, Jeremiah. I don't understand this. Air condition doesn't work. What's the story? It's not working. Not working. This one doesn't work. It just make noise. This one is like some of the people who make a lot of noise by give nothing. It makes a lot of noise, but it doesn't really give cool there. All right, so <laughs> let's move on. So the prophet Irmiyahu was begging Hashem one thing. Listen to what the prophet is asking from God. Very interesting. He said to him, Hashem, ויהיו מוכשלים לפניך בעת אפך עשה בהם. People, נגמר ה-explain this verse. אמר ירמיה לפני הקדוש ברוך הוא, ירמיה saying front of God, master of universe, even when the cheap people, the stingy people, finally win against their evil inclination and agree to give charity, Make sure you send them the crooks to receive it. Please, that's my request to you, God. The prophet Irmiyahu. Not, we're not talking a cab driver in Manhattan here. We're talking the prophet that speaks to God, and God answering back. Huh? So he said to him, God, please, there are people who don't like to give. They have very, very tight hand. Once in a while, they agree to give. Oh, now he made a lot of money in a deal. He's in a mood to give. When he finally wants to give, please send him one of the crooks that take the money and go to Atlantic City. Send him, send him this guy. Oh, he comes to his reception at, we made it. Five million dollars has been wired to our account. Two minutes later, hello, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm collecting for this, for this, for that. <laughs> he has a whole list. No problem, you came in the right time. Ah, $10,000. He made five million. He's, wow, very generous. He wrote 10,000. The guy gets it. On the way to Atlantic City the next day with his friends. You understand? Or Reform Synagogue. <laughs> not only it's not a mitzvah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sin now to give them money. And many other examples. We spoke about it many times in the past. So what are we seeing here? That sometimes a person would come to you as a crook, don't blame the crook always. Yeah, the crook is a crook. Yeah, you have the right to be upset. Blame yourself. Why he came to me? The entire town, why he came to me? He came to you because you're very tight. 
You're not trusting Hashem. You only care about yourself. You don't care about anybody. Finally, when you wanted to do the right thing, Hashem said, no, thank you. Too little, too late. Mr. Crook, pay him a visit. Then, the Gemara continues. The Gemara says, why, Irmiyahu, the prophet, said to Hashem, why I'm asking you this? that they will not get a reward for the charity they gave. So what, uh, what do we learn from here? Unlike other mitzvot, other mitzvot when a person wants to do it and he was forced not to do it. You wanted to put filin, you were in jail today. The policeman took away your filin. All day you eat your heart, wow, 10 minutes before sunset and I don't have my filin yet. Count like you did. Hashem knows if you had filin you would put, it's called Anus Rachmana Patre. Once he was forced, Rachmana is a Rachman, the merciful, sent him uh, uh, dismissed. No punishment. Count like you did. No, fine. What's the problem in that case? If a stingy person gave money to a crook and he went to the casino and lost it, why the cheap person has to lose? After all, he made a mitzvah, no? He made a mitzvah. Why does he, ha why is he responsible what's gonna come out of his mitzvah? Let's say someone with a beard came to him, showing him all kinds of papers. It was all fake, but he didn't know. He gave, finally he wanted to do the right thing. For once in a blue moon I agreed to give charity. I gave, I gave it to him. Why? I have to suffer that he went and spent the money in his crook, why? The answer is, and charity is different than all the other mitzvot. Other mitzvot, you did it, fine. You wanted to do it and you couldn't do it, also fine. You didn't want to do it, it's a problem. Tzedakah, you get the reward for giving. You get a reward for how you're giving. And you get a reward for what came out of your mitzvah, which is different than others. You get a reward what came out of your mitzvah, which means they took your money and one person became religious, you're gonna earn for eternity. They took the money and they went to the casino, you get nothing. Why? Because what do you think, it's coincidence? Hashem decides if he wants to give you the reward or not. Since he doesn't wanna give you the reward, he sent you the crook, that you won't have any claim. Hey, Hashem, I gave it tzedakah. Look what they did with the tzedakah, they're playing blackjack with your money. But what is it my fault? It's your fault. Why it's my fault? Because you never gave the decent people. Now, now I made you give to the crook. If you gave to the decent people, I would save you from the crook. So what do we see here? It's very interesting. The prophet said to him, please, make sure you send the crooks. Make sure you send the crook. Why? That they won't get a reward. So from here we see it's important what came out of your money. Don't play dumb. Rabbi, what do I care? I give whoever comes to me. I give equally. Everyone who comes, I give him $10. I don't care, tzaddik, rasha, yamaka, no yamaka. Whoever asks me for money, I give. No, that's very foolish. You buy any stock that the broker offer you, he offer you 100 stocks. You only buy two or three. What you believe is gonna bring you the most income. Don't just say, ah, you gave me a hundred names, you don't know anything about it. Okay, so take my million dollars, share it equally on a hundred stocks, and buy all of them. That's a moron. That's not any, a smart person. 
It's a very stupid person. Which one has the best return? Which one has, are more stable? Which one has more history? What's, what are the risks? Which one has a better bro, uh, forecast? You ask a million questions, no? That's how an investor works. You see a potential here. Do they have new product or they don't? They already passed their record or they're on the way up to the mountain? You, and based on that, you make your decision. But when it comes to tzedakah, eh, what do I care? Here, take you, take you. Very foolish. Then, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi says, someone who is used to give charity, his children are blessed with wisdom. One other reward you get in this life, Hashem opens the brain of your children and make them sharp. Don't be surprised after you give a nice check to someone, you get a call from the Rebbe. Wow, your son, is, uh, his brain finally opened up after 50 years. Something happened. <laughs> what happened? That's what happened. They also get wealth. His descendants get wealth. I know a few very wealthy people that are very wicked. You know why they're wealthy? They are grandchildren of the biggest righteous people from the previous generation. I know one of them in Israel. His grandfather was one of the most important rabbis in Morocco. A holy man. He is Michalel Shabbat, his grandson. Michalel Shabbat is a multi-millionaire. Everything he touched become gold. Why? <laughs> when your grandfather is Avraham Avinu, you're lucky. Hashem, <laughs> Hashem blessed his descendants. Also, Baalei Agada, they become good speakers. They have this speech talent. Not every smart person knows how to explain himself. I know many people who know a lot of Torah, they cannot say one minute speech. Even on Shabbat, they come to the Shabbos table, you ask them, say Dvar Torah, never. Can never say one minute speech. Tell them to explain the Gemara, they know everything. Tell them to explain the Chumash, every Rashi, everything they know. They really know a lot. To speak, one minute they can't. They can't. It's from Shamayim. Not that you give once in a blue moon. Constantly. Someone Tornostropus, you heard about him? Tornostropus. It was in the time of Rabbi Akiva, one of the Romans. He asked Rabbi Akiva, if your God loved the poor people so much, like the Torah says so many times, help the poor, love the poor, help the poor, don't be stingy, so many things for the poor people, why doesn't he give the money himself? Good question, not the guy ask. Help the poor, help the poor. Imagine it's like a father. Imagine now a, a person has a billion dollar and he has nine, nine, uh, ten children and two of them are very poor, can't afford the rent, they're living on food stamps. And he's a billionaire, the father. Eight of his sons are very rich, two of them are very poor. So he constantly calls his rich children, help your brothers, help your brother. They can't pay the rent, they can't send their kids to yeshiva. <laughs> you are ten times, million times richer than us. You help them. Good point the guy has, no? He asks. He asked Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva answered him, it's a tool to save us from hell. 
You understand? Almost all of us deserve to go express to hell. What saves us? The money we give these poor people. If there won't be poor people, what mitzvah is going to save us? Now I made money, I give him. Here, come, let's split. Take some of my money. I just saved myself from all my other sins. It's like an insurance policy. So he told him, no, you should go even faster to hell like this, the guy says. Let's see if he has a point again. He says, how do you say mashal? Not an analogy, there's another word. Mashal. <laughs> I knew, I knew it a month ago, but it ran out of my brain. Parable, parable, yeah, parable. You gotta remember this word, parable. It's a very common word in drasha, in speeches, parable. So is the guy said to Rabbi Akiva, I'll, I'll tell you a parable. What is it like? And a human being king that is very angry on his servant, and he put him in jail. And he says, don't give him food, don't give him drink, and one person went and gave him food and drink. You know, without anyone paying attention, he gave him. When the king heard, isn't it getting very angry at the person who gave him, uh, the king himself didn't want to give him food. Someone went and gave him food, the king should be very angry, no? Well, you're going and give him food when, when you see, I don't give him, I have plenty. I don't give my son a place to sleep. I don't give him food. You going and helping him? Why are you going against me? That's what the Roman goy having a very strong point. If God doesn't want to give them, that means they're wicked. Let them die. No? Why are you going and give them? You interfere with God's plan. <laughs> so, what's the answer? It's going to Rabbi Akiva says. Amar lo Rabbi Akiva, I will answer you with a parable. What is it like? A king that is very angry at his son and put him in jail and say, don't give him food and don't give him drink. And one person went and did it. When the king found out, he sent him a great reward. Why? You coming and describing it in a parable that the king has a servant and he got angry at the servant and he doesn't give him food and he doesn't want anyone to give him a food. But you also forgot that that servant is the son of the king. He's also the prince. We, the Jewish nation, we are the servants of God. Yes, but we are the children of God. That's a different story. When the father threw his son to the street as a punishment or put him in jail, who suffered more? The father or the son? The boy is cold now in the street. The father cannot fall asleep at home. Who knows what happened to him now? How much he suffered? When he finally got a phone call. Oh, I found your son sleeping on a bench in a park. There was bad people there. I took him. I gave him uh, my basement. He slept there. He took a shower. I gave him uh, some uh, shirt to wear. He ate breakfast with me. I took him, uh, I don't know where, whatever. How great you feel. Wow, I owe my life to this person. Well, what do you mean? You could have taken your son. You punished him. You got the point. 
So of course, when you help the poor people, Hashem is very happy. Why? It's his children. Very simple to understand. Keshem, the Gemara continues, Keshem shemezonotav shel adam k'tzuvim lo mirosh hashana. Now we are entering some very interesting subject. We are now 40 days before the judgment day, believe it or not. For you realize Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner. And we all know in the judgment day, Rosh Hashanah, everyone will be judged. And all our next year will be determined based on how we're going to finish the year. We still have 40 days to correct. We all know that. How much money we're going to make next year and how much of that money will stay in our hands after all the losses. And how much we're going to enjoy from that money? Will it be blessed or it will have curse in it? Many people make a lot of money. Only curse come to them with this money. Only curse. They buy a car, boom, accident, they become paralyzed. They, inv they invested in a business, it took them to jail in the end. Too much temptation. So all the money they made in the end brought them bad to their life. They once made a survey about all the people who won the lottery. Only two of them had blessing in the money from hundreds. They say, yeah, it saved my life, it gave me happiness, I got married, children, I helped them. Almost all of them, it destroyed their life. Almost all of them. So what did you see? Something that everyone is jealous with, in reality looks like a diamond, but it's really a poison. Or the other way around. Like one woman told me, pray for me that I'll be able to transfer my son from this yeshiva to this yeshiva. I say to her, I'm not even sure it's a good decision. How can I pray for something could be bad? So right away she realized, she said, okay, so pray that what's good for the boy will happen. Oh, that's better now. How do you know? Yes, this yeshiva and this yeshiva. You know all the secrets about the yeshiva. You know what happens there. You know what they're thinking. You know how they're teaching. What, you ever sat in a class and see how the teacher teach? You ever saw how much, how much uh, attention they give the children? How warm they are? You, never, you ever saw all the kids in the school? Who's a criminal and who's not? You ever saw how modest is the women who come to pick up their children? There's so many things you have to check, and of course it's impossible. Impossible. You ask a little here, a little there, you get some references. In the end, you don't really know if you made the right decision. Just because everyone said this school is good doesn't mean it's really good. Or, you know, so it's hard to know. So, it says here, Same thing God decides the food, how much food you and your family will have next year, from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. Also, all the losses are pre-decided. Which means you're going to make a million and you're going to lose a million and a half. It's decided. You're going to make a million and you're going to lose half a million. So really you, got half, you really got half a million. It's not the same. What's better? To make a million and lose half a million and in the end you have half a million net after all the losses? Or to make 600,000 or, or to make 400,000 net with no losses? Better to make a million and lose half a million in all kinds of losses, and in the end you have half a million cash in the end of the year in your, in your pocket, or better to make 400,000 with no losses. Whatever you made, you kept. What's better? Million. Huh? Million. Million? Yeah. All of you are wrong. Better to make 400,000 without losses. 
the losses kill you. Because the nature of a person, he doesn't see how much he got, he sees how much he loses. You know how many people kill themselves for losing a million dollars? They forgot to tell you they have another 25 cash in their bank account. While they kill themselves for losing a million dollars in a stock market in one day. Kapara, that's if you look at that that way, but most people don't look at the money that they lose as kapara. Only after they lose it, they have no choice. What can they do? It's gone already, so now all of a sudden they're righteous. Baruch Hashem, kaparat avonot. But before, nobody said, Hashem, take, take away. Ah, $80 million you gave me. You exaggerate. Take right away 60. Erase my sin. Take, take, please, Hashem, take 60 million away. Take. I didn't find a guy like this. After he lost, what if he didn't kill himself? After a month that he digested the, the decree, the punishment, all of a sudden he gives speeches. Baruch Hashem, he took away 60 million. Well, it's gone anyway. So he all of a sudden gives speeches. Baruch Hashem, it's the best thing happened to me. Now you tell him, you know what, let's make a deal. You make again 80 and Hashem will take 60. Oh no, God forbid, again? <laughs> you just said it's the best thing. <laughs> Many of the speeches we give will get a serious punishment for it. Why? It's called uh, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Being hypocrite. <laughs> Pretending. Show. Show. It's a show. I, I remember one time, one Rosh Yeshiva told me, listen, I can't take it anymore. I'm very bad with collecting money. And why don't you come here? I give you the key. Here is the checkbook. Come. You take over the yeshiva. It's your yeshiva. I can't do it anymore. Take it. I said to him, you know what? I don't have time to be a Rosh Yeshiva. I'm very busy with the public. You have to devote your time, 90% of your time, to be there hours every day, take care of the people, they have problems, talk to them. It's like, you know, it's like having an orphanage, home, orphanage home. You know, there's hundreds of people. Every second, somebody needs to take care of him. You have to always hire rabbi, make sure they teach the right thing, test the people, make laws. Yeah and raise the funds. It's a very difficult job. I don't have time. But I know who would be happy to be the Rosh Yeshiva. I told him the name. He said, oh, very good. You sure he will agree? I say yes. So I went to the other one. I told him, listen, this one wants to retire. So he told me, how can it be? He leave. He gets his salary from the Yeshiva. What's going to be with his family? How is he going to feed them? I say, listen, I asked him that question. He told me, don't worry, I trust Hashem. Ah, it's, it's the money I get from the yeshiva. I get it from Hashem. I've been dreaming to go back to learn full day. I'm, I'm tired of all this headache. I say to him, okay, you sure? Said, Maybe he won the lottery, he doesn't want to tell me. Maybe his father-in-law, who knows? Maybe a money, I don't know. So okay. After I went and did all the meetings and everything, I told him, okay, now you can give me the checkbook, give me all the things, give me the keys, give me whatever, and he will come today. But he said he can only come after you announced already that you retired. He doesn't want to come that he would look that he's the one who pushed you out. Smart, the new one. Tell him first to announce that he, you know, he had it, he cannot do it anymore, he wants to make a change in his life, he retired, he quit, the next day I come. As now you call me to save the yeshiva, that makes sense. 
When I told him that, you should see how angry he got. <laughs> and the gun, he would shoot at me. And I've been following his instructions. What? Are you serious? You telling me to leave? I said, what do, you, what do you mean? You've been begging me to bring someone. When it became reality, wow. What am I going to do, he said. I have children to feed. I have a mortgage to pay. I said, I've been asking you this three, four times already. He never believed that it will come to become reality. That's why I say, in speeches, we're all very strong. When it comes to reality, then you see who is really religious, who is really have confidence in Hashem, and who is not. It's not simple. Anyway, so the Gemara said the same thing. Where everything you're going to make is de decided, also your losses. And if you remember last week, I already said the story. Quickly, I will repeat it. Rabbi Yochanan had two nephews. And he saw in a dream that the government sent, the king sent people to take from them 700 coins of gold, like $700,000 today. No? So he called them right away to his two nephews. Now, these nephews knew our uncle is the biggest rabbi in Israel, perhaps in the world. But he never asked for charity, from us at least. If he calls us to an emergency meeting, and he said, I want you to give me 683 coins of gold to my yeshiva immediately. It's very important. How are they going to say to their uncle, no? Very rich nephews. No problem, uncle. Here is the money. No. Two weeks later, the Roman soldier come. Here I have a note from the king. You have to pay. You cheated on the taxes, 700 coins of gold, 700,000. They ran to their uncle, uncle, after we finally gave the biggest amount of tzedakah in our life, this is what happened to us? They want to take now 700, they said, don't worry, relax, everything is under control. Tell the soldier, next time when he comes, you prepare 17 coins of gold. When he comes, tell him this is for you a gift. Please leave us alone. And they'll take it and dismiss your case. You sure? You can go to jail for it. That's what's going to happen. Relax. When the soldier came, no, you prepare the 700 coins of gold for the king? He says, come, come, come. We prepare you a nice lechaim. Bring the vodka here. That's for you. We appreciate you, good soldier. OK, make sure nobody hears about it, right? We took the money, dismissed the case. Uh, they didn't have computer. The king doesn't sit and check. All the cases, pending cases. That's it. Whatever happened, happened. And they got away with that. So they came back to him. How did you know? What happened if you'd say, no, 17? I'll show you what 17. Maybe if you offer me 70, fine. Like, you know, in the clubs in Manhattan, you come. You don't look fancy enough for them. So they make you stand in the snow, one hour, two hours, until you bribe the bouncer. Now, you have to make sure you don't make a mistake. If you give him only $20, he embarrass you in front of everyone. Dear, get out of here. You give him 50 How are you, sir? Enjoy the evening. Show off all this phony world that we live in. So that they knew it's a big risk. 17, fine, but maybe he was a greedy guy. So he told them, I had that dream that you're going to lose. Now we have a rule. Before you lose, if you give charity, 
There's no reason to lose. You only lose when you owe to God. When you don't owe him anymore, why should he punish you? You already paid your dues. So why didn't you tell us to give the whole 700 to the yeshiva? 17 went to this wicked soldier. He told them, I wanted to see if my dream comes through 100%. I tell you to give the whole 700, I will never know. Now I know it's exactly. The decree was 700, but you gave 683. You're still guilty of paying. You still owe 17. Now when you gave the 17, I knew. And that's what I expected, and that's what happened. So what do you see? When there is a decree on Rosh Hashanah that you're going to lose this, don't hate the guy who stole it from you so much. With or without him, you would lose the money. Yeah, you can be upset what he did to you, ungrateful, this, why for me, fine. Technically, it wouldn't be him. You lose it in another way. Chaz Shalom, you hit someone on the street, he sue you, and you lose 700,000. Doesn't have to be a thief put a gun to your head and give me your money and you're safe. It can be in many different ways. What? You know what strange ways there are to lose money? So this is the story as it's brought in this Masechet Baba Batra. Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda says, You see all these subjects in this Masechet is focusing on charity. How many pages speaking about these charities? Charity, charity in different, from different angles. Charity is great. It's bringing the salvation faster. The city needs salvation. People give a lot. Boom, Hashem's cut the decree by 50% on a time. Right away, the salvation come. The nation needs a salvation. It brings salvation to the nation. There's a verse in Yeshaya, Isaiah 56. That's where it says, This is what Hashem said. Make sure there is justice. And give, be generous, give a lot of charity. My salvation will get closer to you to come. And my righteousness will be revealed to the world. Thanks to what? Thanks to you being decent and giving lots of charity, the salvation will come to you much faster. Sometimes people say, Rabbi, 20 years, I'm waiting to have a kid. 20 years, you know how many, how many, how many, how many buckets my wife filled with her tears. You know how much I did. Who knows if this person will give a lot more tzedakah instead of 10 years, it could have been only six, seven years. Hashem would cut from the punishment that he got for whatever reason, right? But people don't want to give. They rather give it to the doctors on a one to a million chance that he's going to make his wife pregnant. He's willing to do it. But to trust Hashem that this is going to make the salvation faster, not everyone agreed to trust. Then the Gemara continue. The Gemara says like this. Turn hard things were created in the world. Hard materials. One, har kashe barzel mechatcho. The big mountains, the rocks, how do you cut them and make a road? Many places you see the mountain is cut in the middle and there's a road. Here and here. Yeah, in upstate New York, in Israel, everywhere you go, all over the world. When they make a highway, sometimes they have to go through here. They can't move the buildings on the side. 
So I have to go through here, and there's a big mountain on the way. What happened? Today, they put explosive, all kinds of things. But in the old days, what, how, did they, how did they make a path? Iron, metal. Metal is stronger than rocks. Metal can break, like a hammer, it can break the rocks. Okay, so we know that. Okay, then what? Barzel kashe, that metal, that iron, what's the difference between metal and iron? Iron is a, a metal, is, is many, many different metals. Aluminum, iron. Ah, it's include all the barzelio, I got you. I got you, so I should really say iron. Iron, strong iron, how do you control it? Fire. Rock, surrender to the iron. Iron, surrender to the fire, right? You heat it and you, you, know, you can make whatever you want with that. Fire, surrender to the water. It looks ridiculous. Water win against fire, but water cannot win against iron. Do you understand what's happening here? Rock is stronger than water. Iron, stronger than water. Fire, fire, you put water on it. Fire that wins the metal, surrender to the water. Very interesting. Water, as heavy as they may be, the clouds can carry any amount of water. Do you know what happened, like the water from the rivers and from the oceans with the humidity that we feel? It's the sun, he eats all the water. 72% of the world is water. And in certain areas, the humidity makes the water evaporate and go higher and higher. And then they stay as clouds. And then there's an explosion. And millions and millions of tons of water are falling back on our head. How these millions of tons of water, you know how heavy is water? Try to pick up one liter of water. I mean, 100 liter. 100 quarts, like 100 bottles of seltzer. You cannot pick it up, it's very heavy. Multiply it by a billion, that's one cloud. How the cloud carries so much water? Psh, explosion and it's falling. And it doesn't fall in one shot that we all drown. It falls in a very special way. It's like you make a little hole in a bag full of water, slowly, slowly the water falls. If you make a big hole, a big amount of waterfall, it makes it wash the whole area. So the avim, the clouds, can stand so much. And the clouds, massive clouds, million tons of gallons of water. The wind spreading them all over, and there's no more rain. Oh, there was heavy clouds. Two hours later, it's windy. It makes all the the wind, the, the clouds disappeared. So, the wind, even though it's very strong, the body is stronger than the wind. Wind, wind, wind on your body. It doesn't make holes in the body. It can make the body fall and you get up again, but the body can stand the strength of the wind. And the body, as, as hard as it is, Right? It's not so simple. You cannot make holes in the body. In the body, how do you break the body? Fear. When a person gets bad rumor, I mean, something very bad, fear. Wow, the police is on the way to arrest you. 
they suspect you the murderer. All his energy is gone, cannot move. I feel that dizzy, you know, like, it's choking. That's it, oh, heart attack. How do you get a heart attack? Hey, Mr. Cohen, get up, what happened? I lost 50 cents in the stock market. What? Get up, don't worry, I'll give you a dollar. But I lost 50 cents. But I'm gonna give you a dollar. Yeah, but now I had a dollar and a half. He doesn't care how much you give him, <laughs> only how much I lost. So he gets a heart attack. Fear brings, fear surrender the body. That's the right word. So fear surrender the body. What surrender fear? Wine, strong wine. The person is under massive stress. That's why many alcoholic, they, they have fear from their life. They run to the bar, cerveza. Dos cerveza, por favor. <laughs> no. So, the fear, you want to get rid of the fear? Don't take my advice, at least if, if you're younger than 21, no? But wine is the solution. How do you get rid of the, al the alcohol, the wine? Now you sing, you make embarrassments all over. How? Sleeping. Come, Moshe, Moshe, please, come here, Kadima, sleep, sleep. No, no, I'm not tired, sleep. You give him a pill, you make him sleep. Why? He sleep two hours, he gets up, he wasn't drunk. Yeah, he may have a headache, but he took away the influence of the alcohol. Strong sleep. What surrender that? What's above that? Only death. To die? As always, there's nothing else more than that. A person that dies, that's one level above sleeping. Vemita kashami kulam, to die above all this list that we gave. And this, all this, why did we now, all of a sudden, when we're speaking about charity, decided to speak about the law of physics? You know that when the Gemara speaks about two things that looks that there's no connection, in the end comes the punch. What's the punch? All of these things come down to death. And the only way to get saved of death is charity. Tzedakah, in the end, conclusion, that with Tzedakah, this entire chain is being annulled. Why a person is supposed to die today, he comes to the box, put $50 in. Hashem called the angel of death, come back! Change of the plan. Why Hashem? Why are you doing it to me? I was on my way already. No, no, no. He got another seven years. Seven years? I have to wait? Yeah, why? He gave $50. $50? I'll give you back the $50. Let me take him. No, no, no. We have a rule. Tzedakah. Tatsil Mimavet. No, that's the power of the charity. Shenemar, where does it say Tzedakah Tatsil Mimavet? Mishlei Yud, King Solomon again. Tzedakah Tatsil Mimavet. Tzedakah will save from death. Darash Rabbi Dostai be Rabbi Anai. Rabbi Dostai, the son of Rabbi Anai. This is what he says. Come and learn. The difference between God and human being. What's the difference? A human being brings a present to a great king. 
It's a doubt. Maybe they will accept it. Maybe they won't. No guarantee that Obama will accept your gift. Depending, election season, not, you know, there's a camera there, no camera, nobody knows. So maybe they'll accept it, maybe not. If, you, if we agree that they will accept it, let's say they will accept it, maybe you will get to see the king, maybe not, depend on the size of the check. You come with a check, $180. You want to go into the king. The guard will say, come on, you're embarrassing us. Add few zeros. Okay, okay, relax. Take a pen. The, 18, the 180, he had a zero, 1800. Keep going, keep going. Add another zero, 18,000. Keep going, my friend. You want to see the king? All right, 180,000. Come on, my friend. The king doesn't rise from his chair for such amounts. It's an embarrassment. Up oh, in the end, he writes $18 million. All done. Your majesty is an important person to see you. He comes in. They give him a glass of wine. He drinks Lechaim with the king. Two minutes, the king kick him out, and that's the end of it. Most of the time, you bring a gift to the king. You don't get to see him. The king said to his soldiers outside, OK, tell him to leave it. We'll send him a thank you card. In America, it's very popular. Thank you, Carl. Okay. So, Akadosh Baruch Hu, when it comes to the real king, it's not like that. Why? When a person gives a little gift, not to Hashem, to someone who Hashem say to give to, not to me. I say, help this guy, my friend, help him. It, well, I appreciate you help him thanks to my request. But it's not like you're helping me. You helped him after all. I owe you a little bit. It's not like when you helped me, right? When Hashem say, help the poor, I come to visit you. Mekabel I open up the gates for you. Shenemar, where do we say it? Tehillim. Psalm 17. When you give tzedakah, I'm going to look at you with a real good magnified glass to see you very good. It's a, it's a parable, a mashal, an, an analogy. Which means you have special treatment from God by giving charity to others. Rabbi Elazar gave money to a poor person. Ve'adar matzle, and God saved. Story that happened. And he wrote, The Pasuk, the verse happened to me. But what's the other half of the verse? What's my means I get full. Be'akits means when I'm up, not sleeping. Sometimes it's in a dream, sometimes it's when you are awake. Tmunatecha, it's a picture, an image. What's the connection? I get full when I'm up from your image. What's the, we have to know how to put these words together. Amar Rav Nachman Bar those are the rabbis who do not give sleep to their eyes in this world from learning Torah. They want to go to sleep. They're tired. 
people get to a certain hour, they, they're already dizzy a little bit. Everyone wants to jump on a comfortable bed and snore, right? Very nice. But he said, no, I will have enough time to sleep in the afterlife. I won't need to sleep. Right now, I got to take advantage on every minute. Another hour. And then now it's 12 o'clock. Moshe, are you coming home? Yeah, yeah, soon. One o'clock. I can do another hour. Two o'clock. Yalla, one more hour. Three o'clock, he goes home, he sleeps. Six o'clock, he's already back in the shul. What do you see from this? He could have, have gone to sleep. It's not a sin. I learned, Rabbi, I learned 15 hours today. What do you want? But you could have done 20. Yes, 15 is great. You're better than 99.9% .9 of the Jews in the world, as far as learning. But really, let's think together. If you really wanted a little more, you would do 18. It's a matter of efforts. So this is what we call killing themselves on words of Torah. Don't give sleep to their eyes. So that's what the Torah says. Fill them from his wealth to the eternal life. The more you sit and learn and devote your life for my learning, the more I will pay you for eternity. This is what it means. Then the Gemara says, what a person should do to have boys. He doesn't want girls, or he has already enough girls, no boys. He wants boys. Especially, you know, some places if you don't have a boy, your wife gets killed. Like in India. Hi, Chigdana, what did we have? Uh, we had a girl. Stay right there if you want to stay alive. They killed them. True, it's not a joke. They killed the girls. If it's private places, they take her and kill her. Poor girl. She died because her father is the Maharishi. He has seven boys. He doesn't want one girl. All kinds of stories that you hear, you wonder how can it be. But, no, so. Of course, don't get the wrong impression. I didn't say all Indians are like this. I say this, it exists in India. They don't want female. Male, it's blessed. Female, uh, not so much. So, what does it say? What does a person should do to get the married to have boys? Rabbi Eliezer said, spread his money to the poor people. That's one thing. Rabbi Yoshua said, will make his wife happy, mitzvah, which means satisfied his wife in their personal intimate relationship. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, a person should not give money into a box of charity unless if he knows that the person who is in charge of this fund is an honest and decent person. If you know that the, this congregation has a person that is sleazy, crook, you see that in his business is not a good person, he's cheating his customers, he's not honest, you know, you can see right away, you can tell a crook. Now, you don't need to be a genius to see who is honest and who is not. Always thinking how to cheat, how to go around, how to, you know. It's, it became his nature. Same thing is going to do with the charity. What do you expect? That in a charity is going to be honest? 
it cheat him, it cheat him, it cheat her, it cheat the government, it cheat this, it cheat the neighbors, it cheat his wife, it cheat the fund also. Don't give them money. Not only that, even if you promise them the money, like a vow, I'm sending you X amount of money, and after that you found out that the person who is in charge of this fund is a crook, or even there is enough reason to believe that he's a crook. You don't know for sure. Very hard to know. You suspect. You hear rumors. You see how he behaves. You see rumors in his businesses. So wait, there's a very high chance that this money maybe ended up in the wrong pocket. You can change the charity to a different congregation. As long as the level of the charity is not less, which means if he's in charge of a yeshiva, the only two things you can give the charity to is to yeshiva or to save souls, because saving souls is even higher than yeshiva. But not to a synagogue, not for poor money for the, for, for money for the poor people, not for many things that is considered charity, no. Well, because Torah is the highest, Torah and saving souls. However, if he's in charge of a synagogue and you promise him to give him money to that synagogue and you found that this owner of the money, the one who's in charge of the money is not honest, you can give it to a different synagogue or to a, a yeshiva. Why? Because yeshiva is higher than synagogue by a lot. So you don't need to break your vow. You take it and give it to either equal cause or higher, but not lower. If you give it, for instance, if you promise to yeshiva and you found out that the chief there is a crook, and you say, you know what, instead of I'm going to give it to the synagogue in my neighborhood, wrong. You did not fulfill your vow. Why? Because it's a much higher cause. You understand? So the rule is, ma'alim bakodesh. There's always permission to upgrade when it comes to holy cause. To upgrade, not to downgrade. If you downgrade, you have a problem. You did not fulfill your vow. Time is running out. We have another 10 minutes. Let's take advantage on it. So why? They, they give an example of Rabbi Hanina ben Tardion, which was a very honest person. He's one of the 10 that the Roman slaughter, Asara, Rugem Malchut. And it says like this. Shalu at Shlomo ben David. They ask Shlomo, who's Shlomo ben David? Well, technically, it cannot be King Solomon, the son of David, because they lived a thousand years before Hanina ben Tardion. So there was a rabbi that his name was Shlomo. I asked him, Ad Echan Hanina ben Tardion. To what level he reached this guy, this rabbi, Hanina ben Tardion? Kocha shel tzedakah, Amar lahem, no, it's actually Shlomo, yes, it is Shlomo, the son of David. They ask Hanina ben Tardion, when, when King Solomon was asked a thousand years ago, right, King Solomon, the son of King David, when he was asked, what's the level of charity in heaven? What did he answer? They asking the rabbi, Hanina ben Tardion. So he told them, he answered, go and read what my father David 
says about tzedakah. Where Psalms? Who wrote Psalms? King David. Why are you asking me? Go see what my father wrote. What? Pizer Natan Laevionim spread his money to the miserable poor people. His righteousness, his charity is standing for eternity. It's a verse inside Psalms. Where? Psalms 112. His righteousness, his charity is standing for eternity. And he's always going to become higher and higher with much of respect, honor and respect. Shalu at Shlomo ben David. Another question they ask King Solomon, the smartest person ever lived. Who deserves to inherit heaven? Give us an example. Miu ben Aulam Abba. Who deserves to go express to heaven? Amar laem. Where is the answer? Prophet Isaiah answered this. Ishaya 24. Someone who look up to the previous generation to be like them. Who is my goal? Not the soccer players that play on Shabbat and, and score a goal. Ah, yeah, Elohim. God is there. God is with us. Ah, the basketball, the ball went in. Yeah! That's my heroes. Gonna be a real loser that this is gonna be my, my heroes. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, it's my hero. Someone who worked on his character and became perfect. Yes, my hero. I wanna be like him. I don't wanna be a fool, run after a piece of leather and, and scream when he went in. That's my life. That's a smart person. Now listen good. Rabbi Yosef Bereder, Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Yosef, the son of Rabbi Yoshua, became weak and died. What kind of death? Clinical death. He died, and a few minutes later he came back to life. It happens a lot in this generation. Amar Abua, his father told him, what did you see up there? He told him, Olam Afuch Raiti, everything is the opposite from here. Everything over there, is the opposite from here. The important people here are nothing over there. And the people who are supposedly nothing over here, they are very important over there. What did he mean? The rabbis or the people who sit in yeshiva and learn all their life Torah, you don't hear about them in the news. Only bad thing, if they say something, it's only bad thing. They don't work. They don't go to the army. What do they benefit society? All kinds of nonsense. All the corrupted politicians, all day, they bow down to them on the media. All the athletes, the drug addicts, the crooks, the murderers, the rapists, the party girls, all the prostitutes, all the filthiest people on earth filling up the screens of every house all over the world. And everyone pay money, cable, or magazine to look at their dirty faces. But how many holy people make it to the theater in prime time? Only if one of them got caught that he received a large donation illegally, then you see him on the television. How many shows they make on television, how much charity they give, 
how many people they save, how many, all kinds of things they do for people they don't even know who they are, how much they help them, how they go to visit the people in the hospitals and give them this and help them that and cheer them up. And ooh, so many, no, you don't hear about that. So he told him the important people over here are nothing over there. And those who nobody pays attention over here are very important over there. And then he said, I heard an announcement constantly going over there. Ashre mi They make an announcement like in a supermarket. Mr. Moses, line one. Mr. Aaron, line two. No, that's not what he heard. You hear an, you hear an announcement. How lucky is a person who comes here with the Torah in his hand, which means he has complete control and Torah knowledge. That he owns the Torah, not he owns it on a shelf. Arafat can also buy Torah and put it on his shelf. What does he know? He knows better than the Israeli reporter that interview him, unfortunately. But he doesn't know. What does he know? He knows Torah, he knows Gemara. He doesn't know. He knows how to kill. That's all. To murder. And to go like this with his hand. That's how he knows. So, what do they say here? Everyone who comes with Torah knowledge is the luckiest here. And one more, one other announcement. What is it? Shamati Shayu Umrim, they also announced over there. It's a teenage. He came back to life. His soul already went up to heaven. He told him, Malchut, Jews who were killed by the Goyim just because they are Jews. And Kol Bria They have a special heaven for giving their life for the truth. We are not talking a Palestinian terrorist put a bomb in a bus and kill you just because you're Jewish. It's also a level. You got killed because of who you are. But you're not going to that heaven. They told you, what do you want to do? You want to be with us? Be Christian? Or we chopped your head off? Like they did in the Christian Inquisition in Spain and Portugal. And they said, forget about it. My Israel killed me. Torture me. No matter what, I'm never going to leave Hashem. These people, they have a special world that no one can even come near them. And now I have news for you, and we'll finish with this. There is one level even above them. Who is it? Saving souls. Saving souls, making people religious. The highest level. This is based on the Zohar in Parashat Ruma, that there's a place in heaven. There are 310 heavens. 310 worlds that Hashem gives the righteous people. 310 worlds, think about it. And there's one word that the average righteous people don't get. Only ones who save other Jews and make them religious. It's called a special world and there's an angel over there is in charge. His name is Yehudi, a Jew. That's the name of the angel. And over there, who are there? Avraham Avinu. Why? He made people follow Hashem. People who taught others and made them religious. 
or participate by giving money to someone who does the job, or helping with their talents by printing flyers or putting emails or publishing in the internet in our days or in all these Facebook things. Today you can, you can reach millions of people in minutes. M millions of people, which we never had 20, 30 years ago. Before internet was around, how much you had to sweat to get to 100 people? Let's go before telephone. Before telephone was around, if you wanted to get 50 people to come to a lecture, you had to work a month until you meet them. You have to walk around in the street. Oh, Moshe, I'm looking for you for a week. Next week, I have a lecture in my house. Make sure you come with your wife. Walks around, going in this market, going here, going to dinner. All day walks in the street, riding down. Please come. There's no telephone. Please promise me you come. OK, I have two more, three more. After a month of work, 50 people came. Then telephone came out. You're making phone calls. You're coming, yeah. You bring your friend, yeah, good. Three, four, five, ten. You work one day, you have 50 people. Then internet came. You can bring 5,000 people in a day if you work cleverly. Then Facebook came. You can affect a million people in one hour. Because it's not only you, they'll do the job for you. It's a chain reaction. I send you, you send to 200, 200 sent to 2,000, 2,000 sent to 20,000, 20,000 sent to 100,000, 100,000 send it to a million, and in one hour, a million people know about your lecture. That's what's happening. Take advantage on it. You want to reach that place? That's the only way. That's what people have to do. Believe me, if every person would take upon himself to affect 10 Jews in one year, everything will be over. That's it. Those who did not become religious, that means they'll never be. And everyone who has potential to affect him already became, because you already approached him. Do you know how many Jews were never approached even once until this moment? Most of them. From 13.2 million people in the world, only maybe four or five million knows about religions. They heard about this speaker, DVD, CD, articles, seminar, you know. Most of them have no idea. Ask almost every American Jew who was not religious. Almost everyone, if, what does he know about Judaism? He doesn't know anything. He never heard of anything. When the first time you begin to talk to him about this, you see his eyes are coming out, like, where have I been until now? How come I never heard about this? They have no idea, which means I'm sure they know religious people, but these religious people never thought to even once give them a CD or a DVD. They never thought. And sometimes I have people, they know me for years, they're speaking to me on a weekly basis. After two years, he said, what am I going to do with my sister? What do you mean? What are you going to do with your sister? Where have you been until now, two years? Why didn't you attack your sister every hour? Now after two years, you're asking, oh, yeah, give her the DVD. You're, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. You couldn't think about it two years? Two years you see her going to party on Friday night? You couldn't think to give her the CD or to ask her to watch this and that lecture? Where have you been? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm getting so many emails. What do you think I should do with my parents? I always answer the same answer. Let them watch Torah and Science DVD. Oh, it's a great idea. You need me to give you this idea? Come on. Where have you been? 
No, nobody uses that. This is what it means. Over here, it's a different story. They talk about someone who has a lot of knowledge in Torah and someone who gave up his life not to convert out of Judaism. Bezrat Hashem, next week I give you a preview continuing with some more issues of tzedakah. You know what, actually, one more minute I will finish the tzedakah thing and then we'll start a different topic. Uh, the Gemara said, Binyamin, a tzaddik, he was in charge of a fund of a charity. Binyamin, his name was, Benjamin. One time a woman came to him in a year of starvation. Hunger in a world, no rain, no wheat, no food. She told him, Rebbe, give me food. He told her, I promise you, my account is empty. I, I have no money left. I'm in charge of this fund. I gave everything out. I don't have anything to give you. She told him, Rebbe, if you're not feeding me, me and my seven children are going to die tomorrow. It's either you give me food or I'm dying. He said to her, I'm very sorry, I just don't have. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't want, I don't have. And he didn't have. It's not like today, he has $10 million and said, business is very bad, Rabbi, pray for me. It's not like today. It's in the Gemara. That means he really didn't have. Then one day he became sick. He's about to die. It's between life and death. The angels come to Hashem and say, no, I skip one row, and he changed the whole story. Let's go back, rewind. So what did he do? The reason I skip it, because I, when I copy it from the Gemara, I skip one row. It's not in the story, but Baruch Hashem, I know the story. So let's go back. So he said, I don't have, and he really didn't have. So she told him, if you're not giving me, I'm dead. So he said to her, I have a little bit of my own. I'll go and give it to you. So he took a little bit from his children and a little bit from him. There was starvation in the whole world. Nothing to eat. Not like today, poor person eat chicken for Shabbos and Kugel. There's nothing to eat. So he took a little bit flour. He gave her a little bit. Here, water, make yourself bread. Don't die. One day he became sick and he's about to die. The angels came to God and said, where is the justice? Didn't you promise in the Torah someone who saved life? It's like saving the whole world. Binyamin saved the woman with her seven children. He's going to die so young. Hashem said right away, cancel his trial. Ripped his verdict. And he gave him 24 more years to his life. What? The defense, the angel who is in charge of every person who come to the trial, used the good thing you did for you. He was supposed to die, who knows, doesn't say what age, but young, 50, 60, whatever, 24 years extra he got to his life for giving a little bit from his own food to a woman he didn't know who she is. It wasn't his job, he's only in charge of the charity. The charity is empty, what do you want from me? I'm only giving up what people gave me. He went and gave her from his own and this is the power of charity. So next week, we are now talking about all the generation from Adam until the acceptance of the Torah, all the famous names in the Torah, in the Tanakh, such as Ruth, David, Bilam, Eov, Yoshua, who wrote what part of the Bible? 
different parts. Very interesting lecture next week. Don't miss it. 8.30 sharp. Baruch Adonai Lo'olam. Amen.